thank you for tuning in to AnchorCast. Please remember to subscribe and follow us on social media at Anchor Nights to get the latest updates about events, meetings, and uploads. We hope you enjoy today's episode. We are back for another action-packed Tuesday. Now, if you're watching this as it drops, then I want to invite you at 7.30, click the link in our bio and join us for our Zoom groups. Uh, We miss community and talking about Jesus and what he's doing in our lives. And it's just one way that we can do this during our season. So I hope to see you there at 7.30 for our Zoom groups. But we've been in our series, Battle Plans, um, and we've been talking about and tackling the idea that we are in spiritual battles. We are in spiritual battles every day, all the time. Spiritual battles are happening around us. And we've talked about how to arm ourselves. We've talked about how to defend ourselves. We've, we've uh, talked about how to be in community with your fellow, fellow uh, soldiers, your, your fellow believers. And, uh, and JJ last week talked about how to build the army and how it's so important for us to bring others into the fold alongside us, right? That they, they don't have to do this life alone and they, that they have eternal victory in Jesus and we have eternal victory in Jesus. And joining this army, joining Jesus, see, it means that we are set apart. It means that there's something different about you now. It means that how, how the apostle Paul put it, your life is no longer your own. See, there are some certain parameters that are set on your life after you become a Jesus follower. And we, we, we can call these um, spiritual rules of engagement. That's why I like to call them spiritual rules of engagement. See, when you, when you join up with Jesus, you become his representative. In 2 Corinthians 5.20, it says, so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. And Jesus, he, he wants his people, his army to be set apart. He wants you to represent him in a way that shows others who he really is. See, God in the Old Testament, I see that God, he operated this way. He doesn't change. In the Old Testament, the Jews were his chosen people, right? And before Christianity, there was Judaism. And God called them to live differently than the rest of humanity, to signify that they were his chosen people. And in the New Testament, I see that that's also the case, right? We, that we really, we have an obligation to be the best Christians that we can be. And I think that there's a lot of really bad Christian representatives out there. I mean, there are some really good ones, but I think there are a lot of bad. And this can paint Christianity and Jesus in a way that, that no one wants anything to do with him. I mean, any, any political science majors know that that's called bad PR, right? It's like, it's like someone who works for an environmental organization and they're wearing a shirt that says save the planet. And then you watch them dump trash into the ocean, right? Like that's just, that just doesn't make any sense. So I want to ask you this question. How have you been representing Jesus? How have you been representing Jesus? Better yet, I want to, I want to ask you this. Are you a conformer or a transformer? Are you a conformer 
or a transformer. And I'm not talking about transformers like the toys and TV shows and movies, you know, with Optimus Prime, uh, where they're robots and they can turn into cars or planes or boats and, and, and you know, have this disguise, right? Although I, I think that there are some of us out there that look like we're Christian on the outside, but we're really not on the inside, right? That there's more than meets the eye right there. But when I say that you're either a conformer or transformer, I mean either you will be conformed to this world or you will transform the world. Let me say that again. Write that down if you need to. You will either conform to this world or you will transform this world. The Apostle Paul wrote, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And that's in Romans 12, verse two. See, you, you, can, you can decide not to stand out in any way, or you can decide to be a light for Jesus. You can decide to be just like everyone else around you, live just like everyone else around you, or you can be different and, and follow God's will for your life, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And by doing that, he will show you and those around you that there's a greater way to live. See, God isn't looking for conformers. He's looking for transformers. He wants to change you into the person that you were meant to be. He wants to transform you so that you can transform this world closer to God's image. See, I believe that, that God, he, he wants to transform sorrow into joy. He wants to transform pain into peace. He wants to transform fear into faith. He wants to transform hopeless situations into stories of triumph. He wants to transform political divisiveness into spiritual unity. He wants to transform racism into a thing of the past rather than a thing in the daily news. And it all starts with you because he wants to transform you and he wants to transform those around you. And I think, I think that an argument can be made that those of us who can meet Jesus and stay the same as we were before we met him, that you never really started following him. I, th I think that if you can meet Jesus and you can stay the same person that you were before you met him, then you aren't really a follower because I believe that when you meet Jesus and you really start following him, that you will begin a journey of transformation. I believe that your life will start to look different. I mean, you ever, you ever throw a rock into a still pond or a lake? I mean, as a kid, that was always fascinating, right? Just any still body of water and you just toss a rock in there and it disrupts the whole thing, right? You see the, the ripples that that rock makes and they just keep going and going and going and going. See, when you live a life different than the ordinary, you are causing a disturbance that has a ripple effect that can change the face of this world for generations. Your faith, your relationship with Jesus can change the tra trajectory of your life and the life of people around you. So your relationship with Jesus can change the trajectory of your life and the life of people around you and the life of your descendants for years to come. See, I, I think most of us, we, we want to be different, right? We want God's will for our lives. We want the best for ourselves and 
and we struggle with leaving that to God. I think we, we struggle with being in the world, but not fully part of it. I, I believe that's where a lot of us struggle. And I, and I believe a lot of us struggle with the rules of engagement. That means when it, when it comes to spiritual battles, when it comes to sin battles, we have a hard time. See, I think we struggle with feeling like God is, is keeping us from good things right? That his rules, his commands, what he says is right and wrong, that his standard of righteous living is not actually good. I, I think some of us think that God's out there just to ruin our good time. But if the, Lord's, if the Lord tells you not to do something, then he's trying to keep you from a bad thing. Because if it was a good thing, I believe that God would give it to you. In Psalm 34, 8, it says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. And Psalm 84, 11 tells us the Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. Now, our, our definition of, of good might be different than God's definition of good, right? Uh, our definition of good most of the time is, is probably something along the lines of um, what's fun or, or pleasurable or free of pain and in the moment. See, but, but God's definition of good, it may be what is productive, character forming, and eternally focused. There are things we go through that are not enjoyable at the moment, but they're producing something that is far greater. See, I think for some of us, maybe our education was not enjoyable, but school has taught you how to reason and how to critically think. And some of us may not like exercise and would rather sit on the couch and watch Netflix and eat cake, but only one of those things helps you maintain a higher quality of life, and it's definitely not the cake option. I'm just being honest. See, there are things that God's doing in your life, and there are ways that God wants to transform you that may not be enjoyable now, but will produce long-lasting fruit. There's a way that, that God wants you to live now as a young adult in your college years that will set you up to transform the world around you. See, we, we look at the small picture and God looks at the big picture. We look at the here and now and God looks at the by and by. His will for us is good, even though it may be difficult at times. But one day, one day we'll see that. But until that day, we have to trust the Lord. So we've got to present ourselves to God and don't be conformed to this world. See, this is, this is part of God's battle plan. This is all part of God's battle plan that you would be different, that you would live differently, that you wouldn't conform, that you would transform. See, the enemy wants you to conform to this world. He wants you to believe the lie that you can figure out what is best for you, that you can decide what's good and what's evil. He wants you to conform so that you can't be a threat to his conformity, so that you can't transform this world into looking a little more like God's kingdom here and now. That is spiritual warfare. See, I believe that the devil doesn't want you to know that you can win any spiritual battle you're up against through the transformation of your mind and soul into the person God has called you to be. And he surely doesn't want you to know that your life 
can have the effect to reach countless people around you, like a rock thrown into still water, ripples for years to come. If you don't believe me, look at the followers of Jesus after his resurrection. See, God used just a handful of people to turn Christianity into millions because they lived differently than those around them and lived up to God's calling on their lives. See, it's my prayer today that you guys would win your spiritual battles by living up to the calling that God has placed on you, that we would live up to the name of Christian, that we would live up to the legacy of Jesus, that we would live up to the life that he's called us to live so that we could be in his good graces, so that we could live in his will. Let's pray. God, we just thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your mercy and for your grace, God, that you've given us fresh new life in you. God, I pray that we could put away our old selves and pick up our new selves, God, that we wouldn't be conformed to this world, but that we would transform this world, Lord, that we would be difference makers for you, God. God, that you would use us to bring your kingdom here now. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.